Due to COVID-19, this podcast has been recorded remotely. We therefore apologise in advance for any issues in relation to sound quality. However, we hope you find the episode useful and thank you for listening. Welcome to the Hayes Worldwide Leadership Insights Podcast. In this series, I'll be talking to business leaders from across the world of work who will be sharing their expertise to help you effectively lead your business, both now and in the future. The global COVID-19 crisis has already transformed the way in which we work in such a short space of time. As the situation continues to develop and the road to recovery is expected to be a long one, business leaders and professionals must adapt and be agile to the challenges that are presented to them on a daily basis, with valuable lessons to be learned along the way. In this episode, I will be speaking with Simon Lance, Managing Director for Hayes Greater China, to gather his valuable insights from the last four months and the considerations for business leaders going forward. Hi, Simon, and thank you very much for joining us today. Before we kick things off, could you quickly introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. Uh, Simon Lance, I'm the Managing Director for Hayes in Greater China, where we have uh, six offices across mainland China and Hong Kong uh, and around about 300 staff. Thanks very much. Now, the wider global recovery from this pandemic is expected to be a very long one. Uh, The majority of China has exited its lockdown period, albeit with some restrictions still in place. What are the challenges you are now facing in the region? Uh, For us, as China uh, gradually relaxes the uh, coronavirus restrictions and and encourages business to get back to normal, our pressing challenges at the moment are really about understanding the market and the way that our clients are adapting to a, a very different economic landscape. So, Uh, We're spending most of our time really consulting to them and trying to understand how their industries and sectors have changed and how their business models have adapted to what is likely to be the the new normal. That predominantly focuses uh, a little bit on the financial position of their companies themselves and, and what their cash flow is like but also just understanding how promising the prospects are for their uh, respective markets or or industry sectors. And once we have that basis, really understanding how we can add value to to their plans for the the year ahead. Internally, uh, we are really looking at uh, our own employee care as our biggest uh, strategic priority in that emergence from lockdown. And most of our thinking, our challenges, our, our opportunities are all really focused on how we take care of our own staff, how we retain talent in a difficult market, and how we help them cope with what is quite a a stressful and unsettling period in their own careers. So I would say the biggest challenges for us internally are really focused on our own staff and our own talent. And to those countries who are a few months behind China, how can businesses prepare for the months ahead? Yes, well, it's uh, uh, we were sort of the, the first country and first part of the Hayes world into that crisis and first coming out. And uh, I hope that other countries around the world are learning from their international colleagues in China and taking the opportunity to be better prepared for each stage of disruption and recovery. So my advice, I think it's really going to vary considerably between location and industry sector. But having a return to work plan that is based on learns from colleagues or or other businesses around the world is really, really important. And I would be looking at uh, different business models and different industry sectors and just trying to tease out what has become best practice at each progressive stage of disruption and recovery around the world. 
once you have that plan in mind, getting full engagement across your leadership teams and, and even down into your general staff really seems to make a big difference so that the communication and the cascading down of the, the key elements of that return to work plan seems to have been a, a really common trend in businesses that have uh, weathered the, the initial storm well and then perhaps rebounded to, to normal business activity quickly here in China. Now, we've seen some really big changes to how people work during this pandemic, such as remote working and also how we communicate. Uh, what were the key learns you took away from this period? Uh, for us as an organisation, that preparation to move digital and stay digital uh, at short notice and under some stress was was probably a key learn. So I think for organisations that are either assessing their own business performance now or preparing for a, a return to work, really stress testing all of the digital and IT infrastructure that you have in place to support remote working, either through the crisis or as business progressively comes back after the crisis. I think that's a, a really key learn. And uh, my advice would be to test and assess and test and assess as much as you possibly can before it really goes back into full operation. Probably one other really important learn that I've seen a, a distinct benefit from uh, has also come from the way that organisations communicate from the executive level down to general staff. And I think for CEOs or business leaders that need to be much more visible and talking to your general staff more frequently about what is going on in the organisation in the world in general is, is really, really quite important. So I think just having that clear, frequent and open communication from the executive down to uh, general staff is, has also been a really key learn for me. Do you expect any of these changes to be adopted permanently? And, and what do you think it means for the future of the world of work? Uh, well, I think that, you know, the digital disruption that, that's happening here will, will absolutely be a permanent change and we'll see ways of working and business models that are permanently changed as a result of that adaptation through the, the coronavirus disruption. It's highly likely, if not a certainty, that businesses will integrate remote working far more uh, into their mix of, of operations. So I, I see that as a permanent change and disruption. And attached to that, I think everyone's still really feeling their ways through how to integrate that successfully into the overall mix of a company's operations. But, you know, there are some risks there and some opportunities, but I, I think that will really be a, a permanent change and it'll perhaps cause organisations and entire industries to reassess how they feel and think and plan around physical office space and what is the purpose of a, a physical office. I think it's moved well beyond the completion of tasks or general work space that can now all be done remotely. So it's it's creating some good discussion here in China about what the overall purpose is for a physical working space and leading to some more interesting theories around innovation or collaboration, team, culture, uh, emotional support, but it's, it's really progressed beyond just completion of tasks. Now, what's been your key focus um, since emerging from the initial lockdown phase? And what will be your focus going forward? Are there any challenges you see on the horizon for leaders? Our key focus has really been centred on our employees and our staff, and particularly the leadership, and 
how we prepare and support our leaders and their teams to operate in a very uncertain environment. So, you know, the emotional support, the assistance programs that we have in place, the tools that they require to work remotely, and just generally, how do they deal with a period of intense stress and uncertainty? And that really has been our focus through the initial crisis, through the lockdown period, and now as business starts to restart, it's really managing the employee part of the equation. And I think attached to that, we've really decentralised a lot of our decision making and leadership structures. And attached to that, necessity really has been how we support our local leadership teams in the respective cities around our region. So I think, you know, looking at that as a as a key focus will continue, even though restrictions on travel are lifting, it's it's obviously a little bit harder for our executive leadership to travel around the region and around the world. And I think looking to the future, that trend probably continues when we look at how we need to support our leaders. It's really how we equip them to manage and lead through a, a very uncertain environment and potentially a few ups and downs in the months ahead as business resumes in China and around the world. Considering a lot has happened in such a short space of time, and the world we lived in at the very beginning of the year feels far removed from the one we're in today for a large number of reasons, which best parts of the old world will you keep? And which will you say goodbye to as we move into this new era? In terms of what we would keep, having learned the importance of it through this uh, crisis and recovery, would be the absolute commitment to people and culture. We had uh, already really put that at the core of a lot of our strategies here in uh, Hayes, China, but uh, we've certainly seen the benefits of that through a period of intense disruption and, and stress. And having a really strong, engaged leadership and general uh, team has, has really been the difference for us in weathering the storm and then catching the, uh, the recovery and rebound uh, quickly. So I think uh, really putting people at the heart of our business just perhaps pops up the priority list even higher. Uh, in terms of what we would lose or, or say goodbye to, there's a lot and, uh, and particularly attached to traditional ways of working and traditional ways of making decisions across a, a multi-location region. And we've really seen that, you know, under that period of stress and, and pressure, the need to decentralise our decision making and leave that in the hands of trusted local leaders without needing too many uh, links or, or steps in the chains of approval. Uh, that's worked really, really well. Uh, and it's something that I'm, I'm quite keen to now entrench and embed in our overall management structure. And secondly, I think just encouraging our, our leaders and our middle management to challenge the status quo a little bit and look at the traditional ways of working or ways of doing things and, and ask the question and, and present ideas or, or ways of innovating or, or doing them better. So really like to keep that sense of innovation going through normal times, not just through a period of disruption. And how have you adapted to an increased reliance on technology during this period? Uh, have you discovered a smarter way of working? Going into that disruption period, we honestly weren't ready from a, a technology infrastructure point of view. So through the crisis and out the other side, we've invested pretty heavily in upgrading every aspect of our uh, tech infrastructure platform. And that now is enabling smarter ways of working. So I would say we're, we're still really in a learning process there, 
but it has opened up a lot of innovation from our staff and we're now seeing different ways of, of using video conferences or, or conferencing facilities that expand beyond traditional meetings and move into speeches, uh, ways of celebrating, ways of innovating or, or managing cross-region to create new ideas or come up with different ways of doing things. So I think the use of video is just becoming a lot more integrated in our, in our normal way of working. In terms of the tools, you know, everything to do with digital and remote working is, is seeing a fair bit of investment for us. And I think the future for us really is a, a completely mobile enabled workforce that would choose or need to come to a physical office space for certain times or certain tasks or, or functions through their, their normal working day or week. But I can see a, a scenario where everyone hypothetically has a lot more flexibility and freedom in how they choose to go about their jobs. Now, you mentioned video conferencing. Which of the, the specific technological tools have you found most useful in helping you and your team during this situation? And I assume you'll be using them going forward? Yes, we will. And uh, it's a real mix, actually. We've uh, we found different platforms suit different purposes. And uh, the value to us is probably in the diversity itself. So we have some of the, the traditional products that you would see around the world, MS Teams, Zoom, and so on. And they've been quite useful for corporate traditional functions, if you like, meetings or interviewing our candidates, taking in job specs from our clients. There's also a whole host of online platforms that really are local Chinese platforms that have been brilliant for gamifying parts of our business and, and creating a little bit of competition and collaboration across consultant populations and even interactive events being run through a more social app than the business networking. Uh, we've also obviously embraced webinars and have a couple of different platforms that we're using for that to host our external events and, and link up our networks as guest speakers or audience attendees. So it's uh, it's amazing to me the diversity in the mix of those online tools and platforms that we're now using uh, in, in what's been a very short space of time. So we've spoken a lot about businesses, but is there any advice you would give to professionals on how they can navigate this defining new era of work? The advice that I've been giving to a lot of senior level or executive candidates at the moment is to rethink how their value to an organisation is going to be perceived in radically different world. You know, from a, an executive recruitment position, companies now are extremely interested in someone's aptitude for ongoing learning and self-development themselves and being able to articulate and embrace that as a, as a senior leader or an executive. Your appetite for ongoing continuous learning and your investment in that personally, I think is a point of differentiation in what may be a little bit more of a job short or candidate rich market. So. I would encourage professionals at all level to take a, a really active interest in their ongoing professional development and find ways to articulate that on your CV, on your social media profiles and, and of course, during an interview. And uh, I think if it's not already, it will become a bit of a defining question and assessment criteria for a lot of organisations. And what would your advice be for other employers in countries where they're now beginning to transition back to office life? Uh, my advice is to, to take it a little bit slow and in doing so, uh, give yourself and your teams a little bit of time to understand what the market is. 
I think it's highly unlikely for any country that the return to full working mode is going to be smooth and there's probably going to be a few ups and downs in there. And as part of that, there will be risks and opportunities that I think people should be prepared to discover first and then make the most of. And my advice on our own experience here and the the organisations that I deal with in China has been to really empower and take care of your key people. There have been more than a few stories where companies have seen talent that they have developed over years uh, very quickly become disengaged and leave or be caught up in in global or local restructuring programs and, and, and leave for other reasons. And I think it's a It's a tragic waste of talent at a time where organisations really do need the very best talent to guide them through an uncertain landscape. So my advice would be to take it a little bit slow and look for the opportunities and the risks through the ups and downs ahead and really point all of your energies on taking care of the the, the best talent that you have in the organisation, engaging them, considering their own wellness and mental health and general stress levels, and just making sure that they see a secure, confident future ahead with the company. Thank you very much for your insights, Simon. That's been a really, really useful look at what's been going on in China. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hayes Worldwide Leadership Insights Podcast. If you found this advice useful, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. At the same time, if you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to reach out to us via email at socialmedia at haze.com.au.